This month, the Book Recos podcast is sponsored by our lovely sustainable friends at Jungle Culture. Jess, I'd not heard of Jungle Culture before they got in touch with us, did you? Yes, they'd actually been on my radar for a little while because, as you know, buying homeware is pretty much a hobby for me at this point. And what I love about Jungle Culture is that every single one of their products is stylish, sustainable and ethically sourced. Like a lot of people, I'm trying to reduce the amount of plastic I buy and Jungle Culture are making that so much easier for everyone. They work with farmers and artisans in Southeast Asia to make the majority of their products and use locally sourced organic materials like reclaimed wood and bamboo and upcycling coconut shells into their beautiful bowls and candles. And of course, Jungle Culture wouldn't be sponsoring if we couldn't give an honest reco. And some of our fave of their products include the eco washing up brushes, because it really makes me upset whenever I have to throw away a plastic one. So I'm so excited to make the switch. Game changing. For me, it's their reusable makeup remover pads using a blend of sustainable bamboo and organic cotton fibre, which are buttery soft, reusable and great if you have sensitive skin like I do. All of their products are 100% plastic free and either fully recyclable or biodegradable. So if you want to do your bit for the planet whilst helping a small family run UK business, check out some of their gorgeous lifestyle and homeware products. And because they're lovely, they've offered Book Recos listeners a 25% discount off their first purchase for the whole of November. When you join the Jungle Culture community, you'll get exclusive access to deals and offers throughout the year, including their Black Friday sale, which is coming up, as well as tips and inspiration on how to live plastic free easily. So visit the link in the show notes or use the code book25 at checkout for 25% off orders over £10. And don't forget to show us what you buy. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the Power Behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Welcome to the 2023 edition of the Great British Book Off, where we bring a book reco from the signature, technical and showstopper round that fits into the themes of each challenge. You may remember we did this in 2021 and we missed it last year, so we're back, but of course with fresh recos. On your marks, get set, bake! Welcome to the Break Great British Book Off, Lauren. It's an absolute honour to be here. Shall I quickly caveat the fact that I sound like a man because I'm not very well? <laughs> Sorry. So Jess will be going intermittently on mute so she can cough her guts up. But I'm I wouldn't miss this. People. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't miss it. I'm very happy to be here despite, despite the voice. Um, Bake Off this year, what are your thoughts on it, Lauren? Um... I'm really loving this year's series, actually. Still, I think we spoke about it in one of our episodes a few weeks ago. I, I'm awful with names. I actually need to get, I need to do better because it's in all aspects of life that I'm awful with names. Um, so I still don't know the names of any of the people. Um, but I really like all of them. I think they're mm. a really good cast that like gel together and there's no one who I think is annoying or annoying ones yeah yeah they're all just like pretty decent people 
Yeah. So we should say we're filming, uh, recording this between the semi quarterfinal and the semi final. So actually, when this goes out, it will have been the semi final. But so technically, yeah. I think it's spoiler free. If you don't know who's in it still by this point, that like, you shouldn't really be listening. Um, absolutely, I nearly cried when Saku went out. I fucking I every time, so every much. time I was just smile and laugh every time. It was the way her laugh, her facial expressions. Like if someone says something rude about her bake that she knew she had cocked up, she did like she rolled her eyes and did like this like shocked face. I could just never reenact myself. And I just thought, you are fantastic at television. And Please get I, your own show. I really, yeah, 100% she needs her own show. Um, I really want to meet her daughter as well mm. because I reckon her daughter, like you don't grow up with a mum like that and not, not have, have it rub off. Bit rub off on you. Yeah, so 100%. I reckon her daughter's a real laugh as well. Yeah, that's and I just love that. I love her laugh. Like, you know, some people... <laughs> Um, whose laugh like my brother has it and when they laugh you cannot help but not yeah. but laugh with them even if you don't know what's funny yeah their laugh is the, the joke yeah oh, um, oh yeah she was an absolute joy I'm very sad but um I'm also, I'm really enjoying the um the the two younger men so that's Matty yes and then Josh he's got imposter syndrome yeah, Matty, who's like, every time he does something well, I'm like, I'm so proud of you, Matty. You are really doing really well. And yeah. then Josh, because he's just such an enigma. Like, I'm really obsessed with the fact that he's a rugby player, but likes flowers, likes baking, also so And, like, like, gets teared up when he talks about his granny. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I think yeah. he's Cooks. he's my winner. He, he ba- Oh, yeah. He bakes with a picture of his granny on his... Oh, don't. I can't cope. Desktop. It's so um, cute. Who is my winner? I... Uh, I think... Oh, this is so like, don't mean this derogatively at all. I just don't know names. The girl with the hearing aids. Ash. She's bad. I like her. I think it's amazing that she, like having read, uh, was it called True Biz? Yeah. And, and like, I've had Macaton training at work. And in Macaton, you're supposed to talk whilst you sign. But with yeah. BSL, you're not. Yeah. But the fact that she does both at the same time on yeah. TV, I'm like, you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. And she's the only woman now. Because my horse left. Yeah, Chris Christy. Was it yeah, Christy? It was Christy. I finally learned her name. Um and, and yeah, we, silly. we yeah. We said that when um whoever's horse went out first, they had to bake the showstopper for the other. But literally that week, my husband had been like, Oh, I really fancy eleven drizzle. So when she went out, I was like, I'll do eleven drizzle. So I was like, <laughs> absolutely no way I'm doing a showstopper. <laughs> Okay, so shall we talk about this yes. year's book off? Yes, yeah, so last time we did this was, I had to go back, it was November 2021. And I'm in that episode, I looked up the descriptions of each round on Bake Off. So that's signature, technical and showstopper, and then likened them to topics of books. So I'll give you a refresher at the start of each round of what they mm-hmm. are. So the signature round is used to allow the judges to get to know the baker's personalities. So last time we used the topic to discuss a favourite book character. Uh, you chose Lynn from Shantaram and I chose Anne of Green Gables. So Lauren, who do you have for us today? Okay, so I thought long and hard about this one. And it's a fictional character um, from one of my all-time favourite books, which I actually reread. Uh, recently I listened to an audio because 
Um, I hadn't listened. I've read this book probably about three or four times. It's Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Yeah, I think you have spoken about this before. Yeah, I love hearing about it and I definitely (laughs) need to read it. So I decided to listen to it on audio and Mitch Album um, narrates it. And it was just so, so, such a good re-listen because you get a little like every time I read it I I get something else from out of it out out of it and Mori is the character that I'm bringing so I know I've spoken about it on the pod before but it's essentially it's a true story of a reunion between Mitch Albom's professor Mori Schwartz who was his favorite college professor <clears throat> and then Mori got diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease later in life and at that time Mitch was working as a sports journalist I think and they had this like really special relationship when he was at college and they always um and and Maury was like a really like almost like a father figure for him but then after he graduated they promised to stay in touch and then life happens and they didn't speak for probably about 20 years and then anyways, one day Mitch was watching television and Maury was on screen and he was talking about how he'd been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. And he just gets like this compulsion to go and visit his professor. So he flies, goes to visit him and then he commits to visiting him every Tuesday as uh, so he flies to wherever he is, I think Chicago or somewhere. And every Tuesday, which was the day they used to have their meetings, um, their their college school classes um and he in one of the like early on in the book he says to Mitch you know oh I've just realized that you know it was Tuesdays that we always had our our classes together and Maury just replies like we're Tuesday people Mitch and he's just like this such a lovely man and each of the lessons so there's 13 lessons so then there's 13 chapters um before he passed away and each chapter they um discuss like a new topic and and it's Mitch uh, sorry Maury's way of like sharing his final bits of wisdom with Mitch and like each time he start he's you know so slowly progressing um worsening with his, with this disease and I'm so glad I listened to the audio because some of the tapes were played instead of it just the um you know quotes in the books I'm so glad I then got to like listen to some of those tapes and he's just a great like all the lessons are about like love and relationships and um just like big life shit basically and it's a really short book it's like 200 pages maybe um but 100% one of my favorites so Mori is one of my is is my uh signature for today that's a good one. I love mm. it when an audiobook has extra stuff. Like And there was um a message from the author at the end and he sort of shared like how his life has changed since writing this book and he said like he wrote it because he um wanted to just remember the lessons and he was an author at the time he was a sports journalist and you know decided to publish it for anyone who would you know, one was interested and then it's obviously become one of the most famous books in the world and is taught in schools and whatever. And he and his wife ended up, um, I think, adopting a child off the back of, you know, um, some of the, le- one of the lessons of, from that Maury taught him. 
Um, and so his whole life has changed since just deciding one day to go and visit his old college professor. So good, good book. Yeah, that's lovely. Maybe I'll do audio book. Is it on Spotify yeah. by any chance? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I'm and currently so rereading on? everything I know about love on audio. Oh, that's on Spotify. A good one. Like just because it was on, I had a drive and it was on Spotify, and I was like, yeah, fuck it. I am really loving nice. Spotify audiobooks. Yeah, I'm not I'm loving the limit though, because it was a long drive. I got now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's smart of them that you don't have to pay extra. It's included within yeah. your because then when it cuts off, I'm like, nah, I, I technically didn't pay extra, so yeah. I don't really mind. Yeah. Um. So tell us who is your what what character are you bringing to this signature bake? So I went over to my bookshelf and I was looking along it all, like character jump out at me. And obviously I really easily fall in love with characters. They just honestly have to do the bare minimum for me to think they're great. <laughs> so I was like really trying to find one that I like remember like really rooting for. And yeah. so, yeah, last time I did Alan Green Gables, it was impossible to not love that woman. Whereas this one, I was like, no, we want someone that like, we were there with them and so mm-hmm. I remembered that I read Wandering Souls at the beginning of this year by Cecile Pinn which um, I'll give a brief synopsis let me just find it um, one night not long after the last American troops leave Vietnam siblings Anne, Tan and Min flee their village and embark on a perilous boat journey to Hong Kong their parents and four younger siblings make the crossing in another vessel but as weeks go by it becomes clear that only one party has survived the voyage Anne, Tan and Min suddenly find themselves alone in the world without family or home. They travel on navigating refugee camps and resettlement centres until by a twist of fate they arrive in Thatcher's Britain. Here they must somehow build new lives with only each other to turn to. But will that be enough in a place that doesn't seem to want them? And Ooh. yeah, I was like, okay, so I know this is going to be quite devastating to read. But actually, and I, for some reason, I think maybe because the cover's got like the sea on it, I thought they were going to be on the boat for the whole time. But actually, that's quite a short bit of it. And it's most it kind of spans across decades of oh, them right. going to a refugee camp, moving here, moving there, coming to Britain and then like um, and getting a job. And like it kind of I think it's across like maybe 20, maybe even 30 years. And she's just an absolutely brilliant protagonist. Like what's her name? She's called Anne. it's spelled differently because it's Vietnamese so I didn't even clock (laughs) um but um she she's like so young and then she suddenly has to like basically become mother to these two young boys and she she's mourning her parents loss as well and her younger siblings she's in this new place so it's scary for all three of them but more so for her because she's also feels responsible for them and she kind of spends the whole book trying to do her best for them and trying to like live the life their parents wanted for them because obviously their parents were the ones that were like right we're gonna do this in search of a better life so she's like we can't not have a better life they died trying to get us a better life and so like yeah she ends up getting a job and I'm like towards the end oh no I won't ruin that actually it's a spoiler but yeah just it's about all three of the siblings journeys but Anne is definitely the main character who you root for and it's only like 200 page oh we've both chosen 200 page books like it's really short and even though it's really sad, like it's really readable, like it's written in a very easy to digest way. And the characterization is just so good. And yeah, like I'm very glad that I went and stood in front of my bookshelves and did it that way, because otherwise I might have forgotten that I read this. And it was really, really quite fantastic. Oh, that does sound great. 
<clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was shortlisted, uh, longlisted for the Women's Prize, actually. Lovely. Which, yeah, which checks out. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, two um, strong characters, I'd say, from us there. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. a, and a woman and a man. Mm, yes. Okay. So the technical, which, oh, my fucking God, that other week when they had to make whatever it was and they all just cocked up was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> and Tasha's was in the shape of a penis. It was all great. Great all round. <laughs> so the technical. This is the one where the bakers don't know what it will be, so they can't prepare, and they must use their intuition and technical knowledge. So last time I transformed this into a book that made you think and was thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. You did Clara and the Sun, and I yeah. did Gender Games by Juno Dawson. What have you yeah. got for us this time? Okay, so I think I have actually smashed this one. It's a book I read recently and actually it was another audio read and this was my um spotify audio read for uh, um and it is atlas of the heart by brene brown and the reason i think this is good for the technical challenge is because um it's essentially she dives into the 87 human emotions and explains what each of them are it sounds really weird but um it doesn't sound weird at all coming from Brené Brown this is exactly what I expect yeah but it it, it's way more engaging than you might think so essentially um it's a series she she maps out a series of human emotions and their meaning and explores like the psychological psychology behind each human feeling and how they make up our lives and change our behaviors and how we can build meaningful connections on learning how to deal with them which sounds kind of lofty but the reason it really made me think is because what she says is we have this really compelling research that shows how language does more than just communicate emotion it actually shapes how we're feeling so our understanding of emotions are like logically interpreted in our brain. So like if you say you feel sad, I'm interpreting that to be what my understanding of sadness is. But a lot of the time, some of the more complex emotions, everyone has very different understandings of what they mean personally and get and they sort of get confused, which then leads to um miscommunication and and so on and so I'm going to read a couple of her descriptions so you can get see understand like sort of like how what what topics the book dives into so um this one is about regret and she says the idea that regret is a fair but tough teacher can really piss people off no regret has become synonymous with daring and adventure but i disagree the idea of no regrets doesn't mean living with courage it means living without reflection to live without regret is to believe we have nothing to learn no amends to make and no opportunity to be braver with our lives so she's just a very smart woman mm. basically and really logically but also emotionally describes all of these very complex emotions and I really liked this one as well worrying and anxiety go together but worry is not an emotion it's the thinking part of anxiety worry is described as a chain of negative thoughts and bad things that might happen in the future which is really interesting because like when you say you feel worried 
it's not actually a feeling it's a thought process whereas anxiety is the feeling so for me it just really blew my mind to just read all of these emotions then be like oh yeah that really makes sense now and like you can understand them a little bit more and it's all supported with loads of research so um that was my technical challenge so Very thank good. you for that. and on the topic of emotions I know you're not as into Disney as I am as anyone um <laughs> But have you seen that the sequel to Inside Out is coming? Have you watched Inside Out? Oh, I have watched it, yes. Yeah. And I keep talking about him, but my husband doesn't care for Disney either. But ever since we watched Inside Out, he's like, some days we'll just be sat on the sofa. We won't have just watched Inside Out. And he'll suddenly go, when is the Inside Out sequel coming? Like out of nowhere. And it's finally coming. And it's it's um, the most watched trailer in Disney history oh my goodness yeah I mean that book that book that film is pretty incredible isn't it because yeah. it just helps I think it's relevant to children as much as it is to adults well and this is so now that she's a teenager she gets new emotions oh. that come in which from the trailer I don't really agree with because like I think there's I think anxiety comes in as an emotion like there's a few emotions that are actually like they already covered them in like fear right. or disgust or one of yeah. the others but I'm gonna let it play out I'm very excited okay. for it but yeah maybe I should read Brené Brown's book before I watch Inside Out too. yeah and and do you so know what up. the reason I mentioned that this was a great audio is because she goes off script and goes off the book she's <laughs> like People didn't get this bit in the book, but I've had my other thoughts about it and like goes on about it. And then there's a couple of bits where she's like, that was a really powerful sentence then. So I'm going to say that bit again, in case you're driving and you got distracted, I need you to listen to this bit. And it was like, it was one of those books where you like just stop in your tracks and you're like, okay, I'm going to really listen. And I think that's why Ooh, I took so okay. much out of it because she's so engaging with the listener. Mm. Really good. Okay. Um, so what technical are you bringing to today's book off? I'm also doing one that I listened to on audio. You really smashed it last year with gender games as well. That was I it. did. So actually I've gone rogue. Okay. I've gone for one that you would, wouldn't look at on the shelves and think that looks really thought provoking. I'm going to read it. And even when you're reading it, you might not think it's thought provoking, but I think it was last episode actually in good material at the end of the episode I said it was a thought-provoking book and like you can just read like a commercial fiction book that gets you thinking mm -hmm. so this is called How to Kill Men and Get Away With It by Katie Brent <laughs> and the reason it's thought-provoking is because of the line like the moral line and like okay. is this okay so when I read what it actually I'm not going to read oh no yeah right, I will read this not it's quite short meet Kitty Collins friend lover killer he was following me, that guy from the nightclub who wouldn't leave me alone. I hadn't intended to kill him, of course, but I wasn't sorry when I did. And despite the mess I made, I appeared to get away with it. That's where my addiction started. I've got a taste for revenge and quite frankly, I'm killing it. <laughs> so basically she is um, wealthy. Her dad owned, oh, what are they called? Places where you like kill animals for meat. Um, like owned a chain of them. I can't remember what right. they're called now. Um, but made his money producing meat basically um and so she is like a nepo baby okay but not too happy about it so like lives in a gorgeous flat or whatever and has lots of money but um she's 
she's trying to make she instead is like an influencer and that's where she, she doesn't really touch any of her trust fund money or any of that money she just makes her own money from being an influencer which she, she does recognize that she can only do because of the leg up from being wealthy in the first place right um so yeah she's got a group of like four friends who are all like super wealthy and not as um don't check their own privilege as much as she does um but she still loves them anyway but she does also I don't know she's rude about them as well it's it is mm-hmm. it is fairly similar to how to kill your family by Bella Mackey in that the the narration is like you know she puts people down a lot that are better right. off than her just the only difference is that this one she is better off too she just okay. doesn't want to I'm be. giving me pineapple street vibes as well but maybe it's just the nepo baby element I think it's just the nepo baby element um but yeah it's so good I was listening to the audiobook as I said and um I was on the M6 and I saw that there was traffic coming up and I was like yes because it meant I got to listen <laughs> to my audiobook for longer like never have I been happy for motorway traffic yeah so that tells you how good it is such a good listen and basically yeah she's so like there's um a guy who wrongs her friend so she kills him she looks up in the news that there's this guy who does something to a woman like kills a woman and throws her body in the Thames or something like that and so she goes to kill him and like but how how are those people not in prison because they have I can't remember I think it's like some of it's not common knowledge uh, okay um and then some of it is okay and so she just yeah she just takes matters into her own hands and so it's like obviously killing is bad but these are bad people and it just yeah. it just it does just get you thinking and again like like I said I've called another characters really easily I've I've found it very easy to root for the narrator right even if they're a bad person mm-hmm. I have to check myself like when we talked about yellow face I had to be like no no she's not okay to root for yeah um but you're hearing it all from her perspective you're like yep yeah, makes absolutely logical sense yep yeah, you go kill him yep yeah. like it's terrifying and at one point she thinks she's going to be found out because she's got a stalker that keeps seeing Uh, like keeps messaging her and uh, and like has sort of let on that she this stalker knows what she's up to um so there's so many elements to it it's a really good book and I can't believe it took me so long to read I kept seeing the cover and was like "Mm, I'm sure that's just another like wannabe Bella Mackie Mm. and then I think because it was on audio I was like yeah I'm doing this and it was so so good really high record I've wanted to talk about it for ages but like we haven't had the right episode for it so I was like this was thought-provoking let's bring it to the technical that's so good okay final round we've done well so far the showstopper which speaks Mm -hmm. for itself yeah it's a book that stopped you in your tracks and wowed you in 2021 you did great circle by maggie shipstead and i did love after love by ingrid persaud that was a good one Mm -hmm. um i kind of cheated in that it's a book that i've already spoken we've already spoken about on this podcast this year but it really is a showstopper and it was like it was the book I kept coming back to and all the other books that I could have spoken about in this slot just weren't as showstopping so I decided to stick to my guns and you've actually already mentioned it and it's Yellow Face by mm. R.F. Kuang or Rebecca Kuang um should I drop the synop as a reminder or do we think this whole kind of thing knows if you haven't listened to it now you go and listen to it our episode about it yeah. oh yeah good one but yeah. I think it's still good that you've chosen it because it really highlights it as a showstopper and maybe more uh, people that before were like it doesn't sound like it's for me will be like oh it's a showstopper I must read 
Mm -hmm. And it really is like, there's no doubt about it in my mind that this is a showstopper. It's Mm. challenging. It does stop you in your tracks. It makes you think it's like something. It it is very unique. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. In, and in that I've not read anything really like this before. And it's also really fucking brave. Like every time I think about it or like I reco it to somebody, part of me is just like she has just gone for the publishing industry and she's doing it whilst working with them yeah. and having them on side like that's fucking fierce and really brave and like it could have gone completely in the opposite direction um but yeah she was also one of the characters Athena is it's Athena no, June June sorry June was one of the characters that I was thinking of putting as my signature like in terms of personality but then I was like no (laughs) she was like she was a good character to read but she wasn't like a good person um and yeah I just thought the whole book was so cleverly written in terms of like what even like the fact that you just anecdotally mentioned it not knowing that I was bringing this book to the Mm -hmm. conversation the way that you said like you're almost rooting for June at certain points in the book and then you have to like watch yourself and be like hold on a minute she's doing some really shady shit here she's not a good person we shouldn't be rooting for her but like that's just the way the book is written it's written so smart and compellingly that you are like you do just find yourself rooting for June um and you know she's she's so privileged and yeah I just I don't know I just thought she was just such an interesting character and the whole book I thought was really smart and clever yeah true 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 showstopper if you ask me yeah definitely and the fact that um it's so readable as well like yeah it's almost written like a fast-paced thriller like you can't yeah you're so right actually that's a really good point to mention because it's not some of these books you're like oh god it's so like it's a slog to read because it's like hitting you with all this mm. like smart um but this is as you say completely readable yeah a good choice okay so my showstopper is a recent read okay um because recently in this last season I've been getting into Kristen Hannah's books I knew you were gonna say this and it was it was a case of oh my god what one do I talk about because they've all been showstoppers so I've gone for the one that I was least excited to read okay Um, not of like all her books just of the ones I've had I was like oh I don't know if I can be bothered to read that one it sounds like a lot but it was really quite magnificent Mm. and about a whole thing I didn't know about so it's the four wins by Kristen Hannah um in 19 it's 1934 and elsie elsa martinelli has finally found the life she'd yearned for a family at home and a livelihood on a farm on the great plains but when drought threatens all that she and her community hold dear elsa's world is shattered to the winds fearful of the future elsa is forced to make the hardest decision of her life fight for the land she loves or take her beloved children west to california in search of a better life so actually i'm going to read this this bit about the book underneath because it will kind of summarise the bits, but um, an incredible it's an incredible journey of survival, hope, and what we do for those we love, set against America's great Dis- great depression of the 1930s and the Dust Bowl, considered to be the worst environmental disaster in American history. I didn't know anything about it, but basically, she she has a horrible upbringing, 
because she was like quite an ill child or she wasn't the best looking and so her mother like basically like kept her away and then she eventually meets this man who impregnates her on her like first ever time having sex which she doesn't enjoy um and so then she gets kicked out and basically goes to live with his family and his family sort of take her on as their own and she learns about life on the farm and like really finds herself by working on the farm and being part of this family and becoming a mother um so that's all very lovely but that's honestly just like the very beginning of the book um because then like it's this place where she's finally found home and loves these parents aren't her own so much because they love her so much and she's like but this dust bowl is like making my son sick we can't live we can't get any food that's healthy we can't even wear proper clothes we've got no money because we're not making anything from the farmlands and then like basically the government were like trying to help in inverted commas um and like offering to like buy people's lands off them so they could make money but like so so cheap and it was like well then why on earth would we do this like and so many people were like it will there will be rain one day the drought will end or the dust storms will stop or whatever but eventually because her son's getting sick she has to move on and then they are they're basically like refugees um so they go to california and they're made to live in these camps on the outside of towns and like she tries to send her children to school and then they get bullied because they're from these camps and it's just like didn't really realize that that happened within the same country like and it's like you know it's like the american dream and it's like they're the exact same people it's not like they're they're outsiders yeah. not that that makes it okay but like I just yeah. learned loads of stuff that I had no idea about yeah could be un- feel unwanted in even in your own country yeah um, um and that she's she's not everything they're saying about her she's like no we're we're really intelligent people we like we're not what you're saying that we are but just because we're living in these conditions you've decided yeah. you're less than and you learn yeah. a lot about like how um like they're trying to apply to be on benefits but they had to like live there for a year before they could even do that and um yeah so I was like oh god this could be a slog but we were waiting for our plane and I was like half an hour I guess I could like read the first chapter dip my toe in and I'd read 50 pages and I was like oh shit time to board and I was like wow okay this is gonna be good good I I when you're reading the synopsis I kind of got why you felt like oh this could be quite a yeah a slow read um but was it like quite character driven then I'd actually I'd say it's as much plot as character okay because so so much happens and it's also devastating and like yeah shocking um but yeah at no point is it a hard read nice yeah very um, much showstopper very much in my top 10 books of the year I feel like all of the books I've read by her are gonna be <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah, I'm really jealous to not be on the Kirsten. Kristen. Kristen Hannah. Yeah. And I've got her new one to read, which I'm definitely it's yeah. coming out in February and I'm definitely gonna read it for the end of the year. Oh my god, you're just gonna do her whole backlog this year. There's a lot of them and I'm very excited because I keep being like, oh, I wanna read older books. Like we get sent so many new books, which is great. Yeah. And I love that. But there are so many old books that deserve recommending and reading. Yeah, definitely. And you feel like you've missed the boat. Yeah. But no, because she is also releasing new books as well. So it's just more to read. Yeah, absolute buzzer. And I had no idea. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm really in the mood for like a Colleen Hoover book, I think. Which is actually, maybe it's just, I'm going to start reading Christmas books anyway, so. Oh yeah. 
in our wrap-up episode, I was thinking about it because obviously our next week's episode is like the wrap-up of the month and I've basically just been reading festive books this month and I'm like, mm, they're all for the festive episode. What am I going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go look at my reading journal and confirm what I can read and talk about next week. Fabulous. Um, so place your bets now. Who is going to win the Great British Bake Off in, I guess, two weeks' time? Oh, I'm going to go Tasha. You are? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and Josh. Josh. Okay. Yeah. I'd See be happy with either one. See you in the final. See you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddies because they might like to listen as well. And if you don't already, then follow us on Instagram at BookRecos for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. See you next week. We'll be here.